Welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. Today I host Eric Lippert, head professional at Pebble Beach Golf Links. The interview was thanks to a visit to this year's uh, U.S. Open host, Pebble Beach. I was there for a couple nights and got to play all the golf courses over there. The opportunity to play was thanks to an event with our official apparel partner, Summit Brands, makers of Bdratty, Fairway and Green, Zero Restriction, and EPNY. It was their annual event, The Summit, which is a pro member event they have held at Pebble for nine years running. It was a really classy event, awesome time, a couple different formats. It, it was neat. They did a low gross, a net event, and then also a pro Stableford. So it was a fun mix, an awesome time getting to play those golf courses and you know meet some of their the pros from all over the country that uh, stock their stuff in their shops. This was actually my first time playing Pebble Beach, which was an experience I was excited to play with the uh, upcoming U.S. Open. And obviously, I'll I'll delve into much more in written form. But you know, a few takeaways from Pebble is having watched it on TV my entire life, and having walked it but not really played is. It's amazing how small the greens are. Uh, you get over shots, and I was I was playing pretty good golf, and you, you can't help but get intimidated even from the center of fairways with wedges in your hands at how small these greens are, knowing you miss. And you know, the another aspect of the stuff that gets uh, the course that gets overlooked because of the coverage and the way TV flattens things is is how penalizing the bunkers are around the greens are extremely deep. Um, the scale doesn't really show on TV. With that also, I I was unbelievably impressed with the land movement on the golf course. The the way the fairways roll and slant, right? You're never really hitting a shot from a flat lie, which makes hitting it into those small greens even even more difficult. So it, it, I think that's kind of when I think about championship golf and testing the pros, it's a great recipe when you have intimidating and small targets to approach to and very difficult lies in the fairway where you're not comfortable because you're never hitting from a really flat lie. I think we see it at, at Augusta. Obviously, those greens are, are big, but the targets and, and the shelves are really small. And you see these pros hitting from lies that are, you get a ball foot above your stance. And it, it's just really tough. I think that brings doubt and makes it so much different than hitting a ball off a flat lie on the range. A couple other things just I noticed, I, I never had really believed how difficult that par 5 14th is. But my God, this got to be the hardest par five in, in the entire world. The way the fairway cambers away from you, kind of for those that don't know, the tee shot's really uncomfortable. It's blind. And then the fairway, if you miss that fairway, you're just dead. It's uh, So I ended up, uh, I made a par on it, but I had to get up and down. I was, and I was hitting like a three iron into the green because I missed the fairway. And um, Another thing I noticed, uh, the 18th tee shot, not easy. Not as easy as the pros make it look on TV. You don't really have a lot of space to hit it, especially with the way they've narrowed the fairway. Um, the fairway's narrowed up to where the tree is on the right. 
So if you, if you don't, you really kind of, kind of hit a good shot or else you're dead. And that OB kind of creeps in on the right. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I I saw this year at the AT&T, a lot of guys weren't even hitting driver. They just said, Hey, I'm just going to make it a three shot hole, but it will be with the U S open, um, fairway widths. I mean, they're getting, they're really narrow on a bunch of holes and, even playing it with short rough, uh, for resort play, which was, you know, about two and a half inches. I couldn't believe how thick and damp that rough gets. So when we see it up to five inches, it's, it's going to be, if you miss those fairways, you're, you're not going to have a fun time at the U S open. So I'll, I'll put much more thoughts into my, uh, my experience over there at Pebble and the golf course and what it means for this year's U S open. But I can't thank Summit Brands enough for the event. It was it was unbelievable. And they will be in the US Open merchandise tent this year at Pebble Beach, which is a big deal. You know, one cool thing from their brands is Fairway and Green, all their men's tech polos are made in the US and a portion of their the proceeds from purchases on those on those polos are given back to Folds of Honor. So every year they cut a big check to Folds of Honor, um, which is a really great cause. And if you don't have their gear stocked in your favorite pro shop, do us a favor and tell your pro to, to stock it. And if you don't want to have a club logo or your local course logo, check out the Fried Egg Pro Shop where we have Beach Ratty polos, t-shirts, and uh, some fairway and green pullovers. So without further ado, here is... Pebble Beach Pro, Eric Lippert, uh, we talk about a lot of things ranging from his uh, journey to being the pro at Pebble Beach and to this year's U.S. Open. I miss a green, for example. I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie. I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Four years at Pebble Beach, yep. 16 years with the company. How did you get your start at Pebble Beach? You know, oddly, oddly enough, I started at Pebble Beach um, back in 98, not not here specifically, but at, at Del Monte Golf Course. And the, uh, the head pro who I replaced here actually was the head professional at the time at uh, Del Monte. I, um, you know, I was just out of college and trying to play a little and I needed to make some money. So I, uh, my family had moved over here and it seemed like the right place to get a job. So I worked for about a year with the company at Del Monte and then um, took off to continue to try to pursue a playing career. Um, obviously, I had a lot of weekends off, which is bad if you're trying to play for a living. So uh, at that point, I decided to come back and teach school. And um, I really enjoyed teaching and, you know, grade school. I thought I would do that. And in the interim, though, I didn't have my teaching credentials. So I worked at a golf course and that turned into going back to Del, uh, Del Monte. But I um, worked at Spanish Bay as well for a little bit. So I kind of got my entry back into the company in 2003. How long did you try and play for? Uh, you know, in my head, about 10 years. <laughs> On paper, um, I you know, I probably played, committed, fully committed about four years. 
you know, I um, I was on I played on the Canadian tour the last two years I was playing and you know had some minor success here and there, but uh, probably had more success actually as a as a as a PGA professional while I was working at Del Monte in terms of a playing career as well. Had a couple good seasons that that um, turned into being able to play in in the PGA Championship in two thousand nine. And uh, also being part of the PGA Cup team in 2009. So those were things I thought would never, you know, they far superseded any goals I had after 2003 for playing. Do you think the balance of, you know, working and playing actually helped you play? Like, say, in 2009 when you had a really good year? Uh, What really helped me actually was, I think, becoming, was being a parent. Um, It kind of... It, it created a, a little bit of a, it created kind of a situation where I wasn't, it wasn't the most important thing in the world was how I played golf. And so, you know, it was, it was more, I got, I kind of had that enjoyment again that I had been missing for a while. Um, and so when I would go out and play, I would just, I would have fun. There'd be, I'd have really good rounds or I'd play just kind of eh, but, but the really good rounds I just enjoyed playing so much better and competing that I was able to really shoot some lower scores when I got got playing well, better than I I could shoot lower scores than I did when I was actually playing full time. Seemed like more often. The perspective of uh, you know with life, I think, is so big. I I think about that all the time. It's like yeah. I got better at golf as I got older because it's just like maturity. Some sometimes I think like it might be smart to for some kids to wait to go play pro you know, and work yeah. a little while because of the perspective. Well, I think so. I think, I think that you're probably onto something there. I, I think, um, you know, technically and, and physically, obviously I was, would say I was better earlier, could do more things, but you know, it's kind of staying within it's, it's that mental side of that game that everybody talks about that it's that maturing of that portion, you know, where you, know, you do one thing and do it really well and you can still have some success. But to your point, yeah, a lot of these guys should probably be waiting and um, if nothing else, finding an appreciation for what life is really like versus coming out of college and trying to write, go straight to playing on tour and not really having any perspective on the reality of what 99.9% of people do. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> like a bad day playing on the PGA Tour is a pretty good day. Yeah, yeah. They still let you eat and the uh, food's pretty good. Where where did you play college golf at? I played down in uh, Southern California at uh, Division two school, Cal, Cal State San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. I played two years there. I uh, I took a little time to get get going in college, so I <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, it's just uh, you know, you got to see the world. Life's a journey. It so. is. It is, and I'm a traveler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of, uh, what what were your best moments from your playing career? Um. You know, you know, leaving college, my last year of college, I, I played some some really. I started playing some really good golf. Um, I won a couple of tournaments leading into our national championship when we played nationals. I had won the tournament, the qualifying tournament, to get there by about eight strokes. Had some great, you know, just started to win tournaments by a lot of by a lot of strokes. Uh, you know, so that was really really kind of fun. And then, you know, later down the road, you know, I, I had some a couple of good good scores, a couple of good rounds in on the Canadian tour and started to kind of get a little bit of a, a feel for what I was doing out there and had some difficulty the next year. And so that kind of led to me, you know, mm-hmm. calling it, calling it quits. You know, I, I, uh, 
I uh, tied the course record in Del Monte back in, I want to say 2008, shot a 61 uh, with a bogey on the last hole. So, you know, I was shooting for 59. I was trying. Um, and then That's obviously, decent. yeah, well, it was, it 60, was good. 61's okay. It was good. It was good. <laughs> you know, there's not one golfer alive that probably has ever been satisfied with the score they shot. Cause I think about that round and, and the funny thing is, is as good as it is, and no matter what, anybody I know, that's the first question they ask. Well, well how'd you make your bogey here? Do you remember when you were going to shoot 59 and you hit it over by the bathroom? And you say, well, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much I do. I, I think, think about it every single day. See, no, I think that I don't, you hit, but... on, hit on like the best part about golf. <laughs> it's like you win a golf tournament and you still are like, wow, I should have shot. So, yeah, a couple shots better. I left a few out there. Yeah. And that's satisfying. Like, people always want to make it easier, dumb it down. But the beauty of golf is, like, the unattainable perfection. Yeah. It's, it's impossible. Right. Well, what's a perfect score is 18 under, right? If you birdie every it? hole. Maybe. Some people <laughs> would say par because par is what it's set at and what you're expected to do. But uh, I, I would say a perfect score would be to birdie every hole. Yeah. Your day to day here at Pebble, what's it what's it like being a head pro at Pebble? What are your kind of day to day operations and, and maybe how is that different than, you know, your your peers around the area? Uh a lot of coffee <laughs> and a lot of hours. Um we always joke we work half days, you know, because there's you know, twelve hours is you know, half a day, but anywho. Um, you know, day to day. Um there's no set routine. I wouldn't say that. Um, you meet a lot of interesting people. And I, and I think probably the best part about my job is the excitement people have when they come in um, to play Pebble Beach. It's, um, you know, it, it's such a unique property and it's such a unique place in that, you know, here we are, we're 100 years old this year, right? We're celebrating our centennial. And the course, for the most part, you know, the layout's been pretty well untouched, right? You know, maybe the extension of the way back when when it first was built of the of the 18th hole turning into par five and just a couple tees here and there and some green complexes but you know it's it's just a unique unique place and everybody that's ever played the game has been here right and people aspire to get here and to play here and and that's a great thing and so our job really in the the you know the pleasure but also the difficulty is is making sure that we live up to that standard that they've set in their mind and, and meeting that expectation if not generally exceeding it right so that's that's always the goal and um so that's that's our biggest challenge right is that you have to you got to think people have been saving to come here golfers have and i think another thing that's interesting about pebble beach too is when you if you go into anywhere you go i should say i don't know wherever it is you go into a bowling alley go into your 7-eleven whatever you want to call it and then say something about the word Pebble Beach, people know whether they golf or not, you know. But if, I mean, yeah, Augusta, all those are great properties and people know about them. But, but they're still more golf-centric type people, you know. Maybe the Masters. But, but you know, when you talk about Pebble Beach, oh, yeah, my uncle wants to go. Even if they're not a golfer, their uncle or their aunt or their anybody. They've heard about it and they, uh, they're interested in it. So... It's a unique place that way. And so that's what we experience on a day-to-day basis, people who aspire to get here. And it's our job to make sure that that, that uh, we meet their expectations. Well, not meet, but exceed them. Yeah, that uh, that excitement of somebody on the first tee, you know, the first time. I, I just played it for my first time the other day. Yeah. And 
it's pretty unbelievable. I, <laughs> I, you, you watch it on TV for so long and you see, you know, since I was a kid and, uh, there's just some stuff that you, you don't really expect to wow you as much as it does when you yeah. watch it so much. Like, yeah. you know, the TV, I think almost like it flattens the property. It doesn't oh, yeah. show how much movement there is in the property. And I mean, like those cliffs are something else. Yeah. Um, what would you say, uh, is your favorite stretch on the course? Maybe underrated stretch. Not not the one that everybody's going to go to. Well, uh, if you're saying underrated in terms of difficulty, right? I, I would I would say 12, 13, and fourteen is very. To say it's underrated, I don't know in terms of the difficulty part, but you know, generally people point to eight, nine, ten as the that real difficult stretch. But but you know, I think twelve, thirteen, fourteen is is there's a lot of teeth in that, especially when we start talking about you know the U.S. Open, which we have coming up. Here, uh, what, 80, 80 days away, I think. But oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we decided to go ahead and host it. We're, we're gonna go, we're gonna go forward with it. So, yeah, just ju- this just in. <laughs> we might as well host it. You know, yeah. that, that's it's, gonna happen. So it's kind of nice it matched up with your hundred year. It just know? seems just, to have worked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that is, that's a special uh, relationship with DSJ, and uh, so that's that's a great thing for us and that we shared. So, uh-huh. so that's fantastic. Um, but but to your point, you know. 13 from that back tee there's a there's a tee back there that into the wind i mean it's hard to almost get it past that cross bunker which seems you know obsolete when you're on the normal tee box yeah and then you know 12 i mean that's such a hard par three it's such a narrow front to back hole with that giant bunker on the front left that you just how do you what shot do you hit in there and still try to hold that green i mean two-thirds of it is is really difficult to get it close Mm -hmm. and then you have you know then you go to obviously to 14 which is just a beast of a par five and so that's a great stretch right there yeah it, it is it's awesome stretch I, th- I think like one of the things i've i couldn't believe it was how small the greens are out here yeah it's like it, you, you, you see it on tv you can tell like when the best players in the world are missing greens yeah. but then you get out and, and you're having to hit the shots and you're like oh my god this is tiny like, yeah if i miss left i'm in a really deep bunker. If I miss right, I'm in a really deep bunker. Having played in a major championship, yeah. Um, from a day-to-day course setup to a major, what would you estimate the differences in 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 shots of difficulty? Well, I mean, I think it's. I mean, it's it's really it's an unfair comparison when you talk about a regular day versus um, a major championship. I mean, obviously when you look out here and we've narrowed the fairways tremendously already. Um, so right now, yeah, playing it, you'll get some of that experience, but the rough isn't at its, you know, it's resort height. It's not at its, you know, three and a half, four. I mean, it's just not grown out to that extent that it's going to be as penal as it will be in the tournament, you know, but what we have and what we're lucky and I, and, and quite frankly, I don't know that anybody's actually done this. I think it's the first time is that in the, in the last year we've had an AT&T, you know, or actually you start back with the U.S. Amateur, but we had a U.S. Amateur. Mm-hmm. Then we have, you know, the PGA Champions Tour out here in, in September. And then we host the first, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the AT&T and now the U.S. Open. So in, in a stretch of less than a year, you're really hitting on a lot of different types of events, but all major, you know, championships and professional championships. And so the reason I bring that up is, is all four of those, the golf course is different. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of setup and, and how it's played and, and, and the way it's laid out. 
And of course, you know, it's still a resort course. So on a daily basis, you get great conditions, a great golf course, but, but much more user friendly than your, than your major championships. Like, yeah, the, especially like the US AM open. Yeah. Yeah. The AM was a little, it wasn't, was, we didn't narrow in the fairways there, but it was a lot more intense with the rough, um, and the firmness. But man, the open, that's, that's just a whole different world. Yeah, I was standing out there. I I played okay yesterday, but I was I was thinking I was like, God, I with five inch rough, I don't know if I could yeah. even get it around out here. Yeah, it's uh, it's a whole nother beast. Now for a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode is powered by TD Ameritrade. Whether on the course or in the market, it helps to have a second set of eyes to keep you on your game. That's why TD Ameritrade's Trade Desk is here to help gut-check your strategies so you always feel confident teeing up a trade. Visit tdameritrade.com backslash fried egg to learn more about what their Trade Desk can do for you. Member SBIC. How will the weather be different from, say, the AT&T year in, year out, um, which is in February, sure. versus the uh, U.S. Open in in June, yeah, you know that's a good question. The the um the likelihood of rain is obviously um almost null, right? It's just it it rarely rains. We generally it, I say that is of course it's sprinkled today, right? So, um, but you know June June won't really rain. You know there's there's a possibility of some fog that time of year. Um, if we get fog, it's generally in that time frame, just just due to the fact that the weather inland is so warm and it um it heats up all the the deep cold ocean water that's out here. And you get that little marine layer. So I think if, if there's anything weather related, it's 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 simply just some fog, mm-hmm. um, which is much better than what you experience maybe in the Midwest when you get the thunderstorms for that time of year. So yeah. we'll, we'll take a little fog over over a, a thunderstorm and rain. And rain lets you keep <laughs> the greens firm, or no rain lets you keep the greens firm too. Yeah. And yeah, uh, the fog. I mean, that's the that's the tough thing is that that fog makes it you know that kind of dense air will make it play longer which is absolutely you know, it's a uh it'll be do you expect so with with pebble with the at&t we mm-hmm. see so many of guys that are you know great approach players obviously with the small greens do you, would you expect to see the same type of players succeed um you know at in june as as the ones that we typically see play well and and at the at&t well you know so first of all everybody that's won the U.S. Open here. I shouldn't say everybody, all, but I think Graham McDowell is the only one that didn't has has all won an AT and T as well. You know, so Tom Kite. Good stat. Yeah, that is. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, you've got you've got Jack, Tom Watson, Tom Kite, Tiger Woods, and right if um, if uh, if Phil Mickelson can pull it off, well then there you go. I mean, he's he's won as many as Marco Mira now. So and but, DJ DJ would have had he not had that collapse. Yeah, he he's won AT. Yeah, exactly. He would have replaced uh, Graham, and and there you'd have your everybody would have won both that's ever won here. But but that said, I mean, I think if you look through, those are some pretty straight hitters, good drivers of the ball. I think you're going to have to be a really really good driver of the ball that week. And so I think as much as you know, I think Mickelson can be a, a crowd favorite and a, and a potential favorite. I think, you know, for him that might be a tougher, uh, just a tougher road because his his driving accuracy isn't just isn't quite where it needs to be probably. So it's going to make it tougher for him to pull off the win. So, you know, you're going to have to find somebody that's hitting it pretty straight off the tee. Yeah, I think that's going to be the person that really does it at that point. 
And uh, maybe somebody that hits it fairly high with their approach shots, just because I know some wind can hurt that. But with the firmness of the greens, that that tends to help a little. Yeah, that's that's uh, interesting. I I think, yeah, Phil obviously great approach player. I mean, uh, legendary. But the that rough with where it'll be. What of the narrow of the holes that have been narrowed? What hole do you think it makes the biggest impact on? From say say just from your playing. Yeah, I think eight is is incredible. If you look at eight, if you see eight, it's normal. I, I mean, that is such a wide yeah. fairway on a normal day, and now it's like a bacon strip, mm-hmm. way over to the right, way over by the cliff, and it's fantastic. I mean, it is just gorgeous. But that's a tough spot to hit. And if I mean, you think about a guy again. Think about a Phil. He's got to probably hit a little bit of a draw there. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. Does that get away with you? Yeah, because <laughs> it goes down and 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 runs from him. So, you know, are you going to aim way way right on the edge of the cliff and cut it back? So, and and hitting that ball out of that thick rough, you know, you catch it a little bit heavy. There's nothing there to save it except the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> nothing to save it but the Pacific <laughs> yeah, Ocean. <laughs> there you have it. See. Yes, it's going to give it a nice... It's, it's got clean a, your ball. Got a long tumble down to it. Exactly. So. It'll stay on the rocks and, and be safe, but it, yeah. As far as operations go, from, from your perspective, mm-hmm. how does it being a U.S. Open year change your, your day-to-day? Uh, you know, well, again, we're, we're extremely busy. Um, like, like normal, you know, we've got a lot of play here. I think there's just a buzz and an excitement uh, there is in the staff. Uh, and that translates to the uh, to the guests and our, our resort guests as well. And I, and I think they feel it too. You know, operationally, day to day, you know, there's not a major impact at the moment, but you know, it, it's certainly coming. We're all we're all kind of, you know, buckling down and getting ready to uh, put on a great show. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a exciting. So with the, the week of, um, how did you, what do you guys work in the shop or how's that work? You know, I know they got the big merchandise tent. But yeah. then what yeah. what is the Pebble Beach staff role? Yeah, so of? so it's funny that you ask. I was just asked that question this morning as well in a in a different meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and um but you know, my team is going to do a lot with the player services portion and working with um, you know, just kind of all of the ancillary stuff that the that the uh that involves some of the players, you know, yeah. your locker room areas and and uh driving range. Um, you know, there's going to be a couple cart barns. We've got to manage all those facilities, and of course, we'll also be working through the shop. The shop generally is just open for the for the players, so it, it some of the traffic is mm-hmm. a little different than normal, but we still have to man that too. So, yeah. Does the rest of, rest of the resort remain like operational? Are people playing at Spanish Bay and and uh, Spyglass at that time? Yeah, there's shotguns at both places. Double shotguns. There's morning and afternoon, and there's you know some corporate play and there's resort play and. All kinds of places. So yes, the, the golf is happening everywhere. <laughs> golf is all around us. Golf is around <laughs> us. We are in it. You ever seen that Love Actually? I uh, know. Oh, it made me think of. Uh, they sing this song. Christmas is around us. <laughs> golf is around golf. us. Maybe we could have our own song. There you yeah. go. Yeah, you, know, you just you could rip it. It was a rip <laughs> off of another song. So it would fit perfectly. Well, if I say I didn't, if I say I never heard of it, I it's not really stealing it then. Yeah, exactly. You just play play stupid. <laughs> that's what's what I'm good at. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you 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 watch thousands of guests come through on a daily basis, uh, hundreds on a daily basis. Yeah. Right. Um. 
what would you say is the the thing that you would recommend most that might be a little off the radar when you come to Pebble? Um, is in terms of just coming in and playing, or we're say, like, say what you're a resort you, guest. Yeah, I would say the first thing is get here, plan far enough in advance to do all the things, and give yourself a little bit of time, right? Give yourself the time, the extra time you need, because as we talked about earlier, it it's an emotional experience. Like I said, there's a lot of people that have saved for a long time to get here, or they've won a contest with their company, or they're they're on a their client, you know, their their it's client golf, or whatever, and and it's just a heightened experience because of where it is, right? And so, you know, you want to get here a little bit earlier, give yourself time to kind of get around the property, absorb some of that energy, absorb some of that, just that feeling, just to kind of let it subside a little, you know, come in, make sure you have time, have a little bit of breakfast, and just you know, hit some range balls, and just kind of get comfortable because you know, as you as you as you said before, you know, your first time. You're standing on that tee, and I, and I don't, I don't. You're, you're going to be nervous mm-hmm. if it's your first time. You're going to be nervous. I mean, I still get butterflies walking on that because it's it's such a special spot. You know, you're going to embark on this little journey and play this fantastic golf course where everybody's been, and it, you just you can feel the history. How many times have you played pebble? On the record? On the record. Off the oh, record. Oh, well, I only, I, only, <laughs> I only play twice a year. <laughs> Off the record. Yeah. yeah. No, no we, you know, we get out there and as appropriate. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's never as much as you'd like it to be. No, no. Right? It's never as much. A golf course like that is just begging for you to play. And uh, I'd love o- to play every day. There's only I, a few people that have a job where they play too much golf. You know, where they, well, I where don't have like, that one. Yeah, I don't either. I can promise you that is my one problem I don't have. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's like where uh, this week I was playing three days in a row. I'm like, I played too much golf this week. I haven't been doing enough work. It's yeah. a, it's a, uh, it's an awful feeling. Yeah, but yeah, uh, well, when you get older too, it starts to hurt as well. That's that's even better. So now. Mm-hmm. Now it even hurts after too many days in a row. That's when you know you played too much. When you can't, <laughs> you know, you can't uh, pick up the club the fourth day. Yeah, you uh, you got any tricks of the trade? You know, what what are some uh, insider tips for for playing? Say we'll say playing pebble. You know, dining at around around the resort, mm-hmm. and maybe one off campus thing to do. Well, um, insider is simply, you know, the best way to be here is to just to stay and, and have the full experience. You know, trying to work around things is just doesn't, you don't get the full experience. I mean, yeah. the resort's all freshly renovated as well, which is exciting for us at this time. You know, we just finishing up our renovation. The rooms are gorgeous. The golf courses are fantastic. I mean, you just, you just got to do the whole, just dive in and, and, and get into the whole experience we got a five-star spa i mean wh- why do you need to go that's that's the insider is call up our reservation line yeah. and just treat yourself to yeah. a great you know weekend week two weeks whatever you want to stay we'll put you up <laughs> and play golf yeah. i mean where else would you rather be right yeah, i would I, there's uh there's few places mrs friday like the spa a lot yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, so, and then the dining, you know, dining-wise, I mean, the resort, wonderful, wonderful dining, great offerings. I mean, the tap room is a can't miss. You know, I love the tap room, uh, personally. 
great steaks. It just it's just a wonderful spot to have a nice glass of red wine and a great steak. Pepoli's fantastic. They've got this Tuscan Italian um, cuisine that is unbelievable. You have the Osobuco there, and you, you won't eat it anywhere else. It's it's just that good. Um, so it's just it's a really it's it's unique. We've got all so many great things here. So so why go somewhere else? You just come here. And you're done. That's it. It's a good, good company man right there. <laughs> Just come. Well, stay, I mean, where else? Stay two gonna, weeks. Yeah, stay two weeks. Eat everywhere, morning, day, and night. Yeah. Play the golf, and then you know, it's, uh, that'd be heaven. Um, so you you got parking for, and you did this for the last time the the open came mm-hmm. on your par three course on the Peter Hay. Yeah, that's actually no. That's not. It, it's a. It's not a parking. That's yeah. not parking. That'll infrastructure. Be the, yeah, the infrastructure there will be. Um, that's going to be some retail tents and things uh-huh. of that nature. So that'll really be the grand entrance as people come through. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can imagine, with the flow and traffic of people coming in, there's just not the parking here to facilitate that. And so everybody parks off site. Yeah, gets bussed in that has their tickets, and then there's a you know so that creates a grand entrance opportunity. And really, it's a great way to yeah. experience kind of coming into the open and kind of landing at the first tee at Pebble Beach. So what's the plan uh, after with the par three course? Oh, we'll, we'll, you know, once that's, once the tournament's done, we'll put that back together and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have another great par three course ready to go again. This is kind of cool for guests that have been here. It'll be completely different, right? Or you yeah. You know, we're still in the planning stages, so we'll see exactly how that, how that pans out. If we, you know, we're, we're definitely going to look at some design options, but yeah, it'll be a great, uh, be a great uh, return to Peter Hay. As far as, uh, playing, are you going to try and, uh, try and play in the U.S. Open? You doing qualifying? No, you know, I'm not. Um, gonna be kind of busy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, I, I, uh, I've got wife and two kids, and I figure I ought to continue to be able to afford paying for, for them <laughs> or helping them along, you know, paying for the house payment, making that probably a better idea to do that than try to, try to do the whole thing, play and, and, and all that. But I, it would be a great honor, to be honest, obviously. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to try and qualify at this point. Just, uh, just sticking to, to beating up on the Northern California guys. Huh? That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't. I, I don't know if I can even do that anymore. That was a long time. I, Ten years ago now. <laughs> Maybe they need a marker. Maybe you yeah, get out well, there with a marker. <laughs> I've got a pen. <laughs> they need a marker. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Eric, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we're really excited to look. Uh, forward at the u.s open this year it'll yeah. be i mean what an amazing venue amazing history yeah. who's your pick here we're picking this on uh i don't know march uh 20th march 20th uh sentimental pick i'm gonna go with phil mickelson Sent- right. yeah just in the fact i just think that it would be a great tie into you know he wins that he's you know, I, 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 it's Father's Day. Number one, yeah. he's a great, you know, family man. He always has has his wife and his kids around. And um, I want to say it might be his birthday. Really? Well. I believe it's his birthday. Too. Look at so, this research. So I think that would be pretty cool for him, right? And then, mm-hmm. I mean, and then do you just do the mic drop if you're Phil Mickelson? Because what it also does is it closes out his grand slam. His grand slam. Yeah. And so you kind of hit three of the best keys, you know, you know, milestones. You can. I, I mean, you almost have to just say, hey, that's. Mickelson out. Yeah, <laughs> he should just retire then. That's not, well, maybe I don't. But think whoever he does, does, yeah, you know, golf, football, all those. I mean, it's just so hard to leave and think that you're. You got to respect like a Peyton Manning, right? Mm-hmm. He wins, and then 
that you, that's probably it. You yeah. know, he gets sometimes you know, and I'm not that Phil Mickelson doesn't have maybe a win or two left in him, but I it'd be hard to think that he would uh, he'd have a lot of majors. I left. See, nobody's won the AT and T and the U.S. Open in the same year when it was Tiger here. Woods. Oh, he did two thousand. Ah, shit. you're ready. <laughs> was that the year he came back on uh, on was it Goggin? And that who the year in two thousand? All right. Well, now I'm not sure. So that's a good question. So you you stumped yeah. me there. He had that but one year. He won the AT and T from like seven behind in the final round. It was, it's well, if, yeah. That I mean that that would it, it might have right been that year. There. It might have been yeah. that year. He was kind of doing that to everybody, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Those, those, those were those were good good years. So Very interesting. Thanks, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, look forward to this. And uh, when people are here at Pebble, they can come in and say hi. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah please do. I miss a green, for example. I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg egg lie. I'm about ready to run off the golf course. 